Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of the Friday Happy Hour podcast. Yes, we are now doing the podcast uh, form, which is really awesome. I love this platform. Uh, my name is Jesse Belvin, your seven-figure dad, and I am just super excited about our very first guest, one of my really good friends. Uh, this, this, I call him a kid, but he's just, you know, this, this kid has absolutely torn it up in the network marketing profession, has cleared over six figures multiple times uh, with multiple companies. Um, he's also, get this, a six-figure earner in the markets. I'm not supposed to say Forex. I'm not supposed to say cryptocurrency. It's both. This guy's dominating everything. And now he's he's kind of transitioning into money management and um, and business consulting. Absolute rock star, like I said. But what's really cool is he's, he's actually a genuinely good guy. And uh, all the way up, uh, Daniel, you're in you're in Canada now, right? Yeah, way back in Canada. Yeah, he's so he's guys. He's in he's in Canada. I've kind of already given his first name away. So for those of you that were wondering, this is Daniel Westby, absolute rock star, like I said, and more importantly, the very first guest uh, on this podcast, guys. Just fair warning, uh, this will be the least smooth uh, version the podcast will ever be. Okay, because uh, I've, I've been seeing the podcast industry is really taking over, and uh, I really wanted to get my hands on it. You know, we started with the Friday Happy Hour, did a lot of different formats for it, so now we're kind of multitasking. We're throwing this as a video chat and running it as a podcast at the same time. Super cool, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but Daniel, uh, just real quick, man, are you ready to get going? Oh, yeah, definitely. Awesome, man. Well, do me a favor. Do do the listeners a favor. Uh, fill in any blanks, anything about yourself. Tell us tell us who the real Daniel Westby is, what you enjoy doing, and uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So this is something that most people don't know, but you know, like like Jesse said, I'm from Canada. I'm actually raised from a single mom or was uh, since you know I was 14. Um, worked my whole life, honor student, college dropout. I mean, a lot of different things that I've done. You know, I've done the manual labor. I've done corporate sales or tried it, I guess you could say, because I've really never stayed more than a few months. Um, but, you know, aside from that, you know, I'm bilingual. I actually learned French, so I was always, you know, into, into that and sports and music. Um, music was my passion outside of school, and I was actually looking to do a career with that but, uh, before I actually got into entrepreneurship. And the craziest part is I actually only found entrepreneurship through a Craigslist ad which in Canada we call it the Gigi. Oh, so wow. I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for someone posting a corny ad that for some reason I answered to and somehow turned me into an entrepreneur. So um, it's pretty funny of a, of a way everything works out, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And guys, for those of you that don't know, Daniel is the famous kid uh, that did a video, what was that, a year and a half ago? Um, something like that. Wrote his mom, I think it was a $25,000 check. Something something outlandish. Was that Was that how much it was? Yep. Absolutely. Just the, like, it gets dusty in the room. If you watch it, guys, I'm telling you right now, if you really, if you're on the journey and you know, like how awesome this really is, a lot of people talk about retiring their family members. Few often uh, actually accomplish it. It was really cool to see $25,000. That is no joke. And uh, so definitely check out that video. It was really awesome. But um, Daniel, we're going to go over some questions, man. Some questions that I know that uh, for those uh, you know, obviously my, my main audience is probably parents, both young and old, but what I love is bringing on entrepreneurs that can just give all sorts of different types of stories, obstacles, uh, different things like that to help inspire people because 
regardless of whether you're a parent or just somebody who's dabbling in entrepreneurship, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, but you want to make sure or you want to, you want to have that, um, that reassurance that, you know, you're not the only person going through, uh, obstacles. Is that kind of, you get what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I feel you. Um, awesome. So, uh, let's just, let's just start with this, man. Um, what, uh, what do you do in detail right now? I mean, obviously we know you're crushing the markets. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, and then tell us kind of how you found, how you were going to kind of transition into some, uh, some bigger stuff. Yeah. So obviously like what I do now is I obviously trade, like I made a small fortune, you know, more, more ROI than the S and P 500 has in the past 50 years I've made for myself. So um, did really good with that, which made me a small fortune. Obviously, I've been learning Forex um, almost my entire journey of MLM, to be honest. I've kind of dabbled into it. And it finally just came to that point where, as we all know, if you spend four or five years of actually you know, spending five, six hours a day at something, you're eventually going to get good. And that's one of the things I always tell people is, you know, don't, don't ever quit on one year. Like, that's pussy. you gotta, you got to focus on three to four, five years, sometimes six, depending on the skill, because that's just what it takes. So... You know, got into Forex and trading, eventually, you know, made it. One of my goals was to just kind of be the very best, if you will, right? Um, try to just do the best. And then once I was able to do that and really show myself and really show that, hey, you know, I could be really my own business, that's when I decided to really focus not on just making a bunch of money because in trading, you know, if you do it good enough, you're going to get people giving you millions. And you're going to make millions of dollars a year with those millions. So it's not so much about trying to make money quick, but just empowering others. And I love the fact that, you know, if I was able to bring other people to become millionaires and teach them and then, you know, create their own opportunity, um, that's something that really wasn't happening with all the other businesses out there. They were more there for, you know, subscriptions, right? Which is where they make the money. But that, that's a difference between school, I should say, you know, real education and, and, uh, and businesses as businesses look for just the, the money out of it where education institutions are, what are you creating from that person? Right, it's it doesn't matter about what they pay you. It's only going to be a flat amount. What are you going to turn them into and become? Right, and that's a really powerful, important. So that kind of got me into it. But I started with network marketing. Like you know, eighty percent of entrepreneurs, I'd say, um, you know, basically found it complete fluke. Um, screwed up or fucked up really bad at the start. In the sense, you know, I was like the the worst promoter. Where I was just only about it. It was like you could swear I was part of a cult. Um, and then you know, slowly I learned about personal development, and it just opened my eyes. Uh, I basically just was able to study people at a certain point and realize what the do's and don'ts that I should do to, to, to speed rocket myself up there. And that's how I went from, you know, I think my first two years was 1000 1500 bucks, maybe a month at best. Um, usually 600 bucks a month to be realistic. And then, you know, boom, it went to 10000 plus a month and kind of really hasn't stopped being there um, for years. So it's, it's kind of a crazy thing of how things work out, but... Um, it all basically starts with the mindset of just putting in the same work. If you put in the same work when you make it ten bucks per sale, as and you put in, you know a hundred twenty thousand percent like you should, that's the only way to get to those big sales because no one's gonna really trust you unless you go through the bullshit for years, you know, and, and come out on top. Then that's when they want to work with you. I hear that, man. So you're definitely the uh, the forex plug. Uh, my my question for you because obviously we know each other. Um, we know that there's, uh, and especially in entrepreneurship, there's ups, there's downs. It's kind of a roller coaster. I like to tell everyone, hey, listen, if you have an up, 
right? It, it, it'll generally be higher than your other ups, you know, as you go along month, 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 year, year, year. Um, your, your lows will never, generally speaking, right, knock on wood, will never be as low as some of your lows from a long time ago. It's why it's important to, you know, uh, create a journal, you know, look back and really appreciate how far you've come and where you're going. My question for you, Daniel, is that knowing that there's ups and downs and knowing that, you know, you probably, like a lot of people, felt that, that pressure, that struggle in the beginning. I'm just like, man, I don't know. This is, this is new. This is different. Did you ever have, um, what was, what was the aha moment? What was the moment where you're like, holy shit, like this is going to happen. Like this isn't, this isn't just like, haha, I'm just kind of hanging out with some people. Like I'm actually going to make a lot of money as an entrepreneur. See, that's a funny part. I don't, you can't, in, in a sense, you won't have an aha moment. And I think that's where most people get it wrong is, you see, ever like, we always have aha moments where it clicks in our life. Right, and that's something that that visually people see from the outside is they will see, oh, this is the day that you know, oh, that big deal got signed, or whatever the case might be. But people always forget, and I think this is what's the big key differential for why the people that are struggling and asking this question usually never have the aha moment, and they're usually people that constantly grow looking for that answer. Is you, in a sense, have to know what's going to happen before it happens. Like people talk about law of attraction, but what? Like, what the fuck is it, right? What it is, is that literally, you know that aha moment. It's like you already know it's there. You just don't know when it's going to come, right? Like, when I started, it was it was the honest God truth. You can ask, if, if you actually ask the people that brought me into network marketing, you could say, from the first home event I was in, you could already tell from how I talked. Like, I knew from watching, you know, a video of, of another network marketer that was making, you know, 20 grand a month at a few years older than me, right? So, so pretty good. He was making 10, 20 grand a month. I just looked up and I was like, I'm going to do that. Like that's gonna be me. It's not. It's not gonna happen now. But I know that I don't give a shit if it takes one or two or five years. I just know that that's gonna happen. I always had that in my head, and that's the biggest thing that I think that that differentiates. I always had that in my head, and I use in a sense the stories to empower me to always keep that belief. Like when I was down, I'd realize like, hey, Daniel, you're 21. There's people that were in this industry that didn't start until they're 30. I'm nine years ahead of that person that was successful. So stop complaining. Right, so I always basically knew that it was going to happen, and that's the aha moment that people need to have. Is it's not an aha moment; it's an aha personality. You don't have that aha personality, which means constantly in the back of the head, you're like, "I just know it's going to happen." Right? Like same with trading. When you start trading, you're going to lose money and lose money and lose money and lose money. You're going to have a good month or a week, then lose money again. Have a good month or two, then lose money, and you're going to constantly doubt yourself. It's the true roller coaster where there's lows get as close as they can get and even sometimes lower than the past low where you're like, is this even for me? Should, am I wasting my time? All this stuff. But even in my head, you know, when I first started Forex, I lost like $20,000, right? And I lost a down payment for a couple of houses. I probably lost a flip property, um, right? Just, just instantly. And a lot of people, and I know a lot of people that said, you know what? They lost way, way less than me. And they're like, this is not for me. I'm done. Nope, nope, nope. Right. And that's cool. It's not that it's, it's a bad thing, but for me, I'm one of those hard-headed Aries people that it's like, you know what? I decided this was for me. I already had the belief before the skill, right? So that's what makes you not stop. You don't have that belief before the skill. You're going to stop, right? Because you're looking for a, for a different reason. Where for me, it was like, I'm going to be that bastard that everyone says is impossible to live by a beach, but I'm going to because Forex is actually possible to make you do that. So I don't care if it means if I have to practice harder than anyone else to be that person that could constantly flip a small account and live off of it, I'm going to do it. 
right? And that's what I first practiced. And then, you know, eventually I got to the point where I was able to flip an account, you know, over a thousand percent, you know, consistently over a month or two. And then I realized, well, shit, if I can do that, imagine what I can do um, if I focus on this for 10, 20 years. So that's the aha moment for me. It wasn't the moment. It's, you got to have the mindset, but you'll, you'll have a certain point in your life where your skill finally surpasses the difficulty of what you're doing. And that's when the aha moment looks like to people is when that your skill finally matches with your paradigm. Okay, awesome. Okay, so kind of transition into this next question. To, you know, we've talked about the highs. We've talked about the lows, like as far as having them. I'm going to back-to-back questions. I'm going to ask you, uh, what was your, you know, for, for the audience, for people listening in, tuning in, right? Listen, oh, my low moments. He wouldn't understand my low moments. Tell us about your lowest moment in entrepreneurship. You know, I think the East one was actually, I, I can definitely define the lowest because there's, there's been a lot of low moments. Like, again, I've had three businesses fail. I've had at least four, four consecutive best friends leave, right? Like, I've had a lot happen in life. I've had family members doubt. I've had people steal from me, lie about me, slander me. But the biggest was I was actually one of the top five earners of a company. I was one of the, the, the founders, actually, if you will, of the company. I, I basically came in and brought the entire niche that, that made the culture and everything for the company. And during that time of that business, when, when things go wrong, like I'm again one of those people that I just, no matter what, I know that if I do something that, that shoots myself in the foot, now it'll pay off as long as it's the right thing to do. So when things basically happen that I agree with, you know, businesses don't always run morally. Um, people don't always think with their heart, right? Sometimes they think with their, with their pocket. And when things happen of that sort, I decided to basically kind of put my foot down and stand up. And that became where it's basically, you know, the, the most classic story in the world that people think like, oh, people wouldn't be like that. It happened where people basically had to decide on their pocket or their heart and everyone around me chose their pocket um, and to protect it and basically turn me into a black sheep or try to basically destroy my entire name. And it was, you know, it was a lot. It wasn't, you know, a couple hundred people. It was thousands of people. Um, that were slandering during that time. It was when I lost all my income. It went from, you know, a quarter million dollars a year to nothing, which again, that was a big, that was a super punch in the nuts that people really want to think about. It's not just, you know, it's depression when you lose money, but then when you lose friends, when you lose credibility. And it's not when you lose it due to naysayers, but it's you lose it due to a witch hunt. That, for a lot of people, puts them into a depression. That's actually what happened to me. Is it put me into a very long depression for a long time. And that's what most people don't actually know. I, I really stopped doing the same things. Of, even to this day, if you will, it's, it hit me to a certain effect. You notice I'm not on social media as much. I don't care to give people the opinion as much. So the low shaped me in a sense that it was my lowest low, but it changed my personality to focus less on quantity and more on quality. Okay. And that's a big, big lesson too, right? Because every lesson that you have, every low teaches you something. Then I was big into network marketing. It was about, right, every person in your business, put on the fake smile because that's an extra dollar in your pocket, right? Or whatever the case might be. That's when I realized some people would rather, you know, save $8,000 a month than a friendship, even though that friendship might make them much, much, much more, right? And coincidentally, that next year, I had an investment I told a lot of friends about, a lot of us made a lot of money. People that have never made six figures in their life made six figures in a few months with with the things that I help people invest in. So again, everything works out and that's when the, when the low moment kind of hit me and it sucked. It was terrible. But when I look back on it, that's what it taught me was, you know, want quality over quantity because, you know, in life, you might 
why, why have a million fake friends when you can have five close friends that will get you further, right? Exactly. I, I, I completely agree. Keep, keep your circle small as long as, as, long as it's, uh, it's the best kind of circle. Um, so just to kind of piggyback off that, to kind of transition, now talk about the lowest moment. Uh, you know, some of you guys listening, you know, you might be like, well, I feel like I'm going through a lot. Imagine having a quarter of a million dollars in income, right, coming in and then to go to zero overnight. I'm fairly familiar on a smaller level. I uh, definitely know what it's like to go from a six-figure income to zero. It sucks. Done it multiple times. That sucks. And so I can definitely relate um, in, in that, you know, and it's all part of the journey. Um, so tell us about your, uh, your best moment, the best time you've ever had. And you're like, wow, if, if, if this is as good as it gets, I'm, I'm, I love it. Yeah, and the best moment, again, it was short-lived, but there's still best moments. And I wouldn't say short-lived, but the feeling you get was short-lived. And mm -hmm. I think the best moment was, again, like I was saying, after all this happened, right, I went into another business. I was able to, to make back six figures within six months, which was really phenomenal. I actually left that, so I lost it again. So, again, I've lost six figures multiple times too, but that's when I actually got into invest investing. And it was something that, ironically, and this is, this is cool. This is where a lot of people should take notes, and I think it will define most high moments in their entire life was I got into a thing where a really good friend of mine, really good friend, one of my mentors and mastermind partners, he let me know about an investment. He said, you should probably research this as much as you can, right? A lot of big people are, are looking into it. I did a lot of research in it and at that moment, I basically was, it was one of, one of the things my head basically decided if I'm ever going to do something, I want to try to help other people for it. And I had an opportunity um, to basically let people know about this investment. And a lot of people have different ways to do it. Some people that I told try to charge people for their for their knowledge, right? And or it would basically mark people up a lot. And I, wa I had a very distinctive moment where I wanted to basically make sure I could help people for free. If I was going to make money from it anyways, I wanted to do it for free. And that's a very, very weird part that most people never have mindset. But during that investment time, you know, I was able to help a lot of people basically over, I think it was over about 2,000 people at that time make a small fortune of anywhere between 10000 to a million dollars each um, from my own free advice, for just from looking out and, fo and focusing on just helping others. In that high moment, I was able to make myself within two months. Um, you know, it obviously fluctuates because it's an investment, but its high peak was over a quarter million dollars in two months um, for my own personal investment while helping other people make upwards of a million, some 10000 you know, with people literally investing nowhere more than $10,000 to start. Wow. So it was, it was insane. And that was probably the highest moment of my life because it wasn't only where, where you could realize, like, when you get there, you realize, like, yeah, money isn't anything. You completely forget about problems. You completely forget about ways that you used to think about making money because it opens your mindset to, you know, there's, if I can make a quarter million dollars off of $3,000 in two months, realistically, without scanning people, why the fuck would I ever go back to doing something even close to that again, right? And it changed so many people's paradigms, and that was what probably my highest moment, because that was the point where, in my life, no one could ever tell me that I'm not looking out for people over profits. That was when I, I truly showed people that I'm not looking to make money off of you, I'm looking to make money with you. And that was where, I think that was a fun, the best part of my life, and that's where people want to take notes, is it was... My highest moment and the thing that made me the most money was actually looking out for people without a commission involved, right? And that's the craziest part that people don't don't remember. Like, you could try to sell someone on a house and make some profits, but you might find the people that you help out, and it might turn into a flipping group where all of you just pull your money and that one person does the work, 
And I've seen some people that make over a million dollars in those type of groups, honestly. So you never know where we're basically giving out free advice or, or not free advice, but free advice that's going to pay you anyways for giving it out, regardless if you do or don't or charge or not, is worth it. You know, it's funny you said that. Um, one of the best pieces of advice, I actually just learned this a little while ago, and uh, it's, it's, you know, there's so many consultants, so many people that do certain things out there that involve customers, reps, whatever, but if you can truly give a shit about your customers and or affiliates or whatever you've got, you know, working uh, for you, uh, that puts you ahead of a lot of people, believe it or not. You think it would be, uh, you know, self-explanatory, right? Like, oh, we should obviously care. But so many people are chasing that check and chasing that check. And what ends up happening is they're always chasing that check. But as soon as yep. you can really care about your group of people, the money is just a byproduct of that. So I, I love that. I thought that was absolutely tremendous that you said that. Um, now we're going to just, just a couple of quick questions. I, I really want to um, kind of in closing uh, have you paint for everybody. So, you know, this is a question that doesn't get asked enough, I feel like, to a lot of, you know, big entrepreneurs that come on uh, these podcasts. But, Daniel, real quickly for us, tell us where you would like to be in five years with everything that you've got going on. Give us your quick five-year vision statement, you know, whatever, for, for the group out there. Because that's one of the things I like to tell people. I say, hey, listen, dream big. Think big. You might think your life sucks right now, but guess what? Five years, it could be night and day as long as you, uh, as long as you think big, you stay consistent, you work your ass off. So tell us where even a successful guy like yourself would want to be in five years from now. See, that's a, that's a funny part because I have multiple things that, like, for my personality, it's very weird. I have multiple goals. There's parts of me that is a builder. And, there's, and I believe there's, there's, someone asked me this question before, and I think there's three kinds of people in this world. There are those that are, that basically um, create systems, those that work within systems, and those that escape systems. Um, that's what, that's one of the theories I have. So the people that work within systems, those are people that within five years from now, they want to be doing the same thing. It's about comfort. Um, it's, you know, it's about being complacent, not going out of the order, not taking risks, et cetera, et cetera. Then there's the system builders, which are the people that they are never going to retire. It's like Tony Robbins. You can't put them into retirement. They will go insane if you, they don't do something and build something. They're creators in life. And then there is the escaper. That's a person that is a mixture of both. And I think that's really, it's a strange thing. I have a mixture of both because I love to create and I love to do that to build things, but I also love to disappear on the beach and not do anything as well. Right? In a sense, it's one of those things where I'm one of those people in five years, I want to basically create as much success as possible that I can basically create because to me, money is not life. I hope a lot of entrepreneurs think that. And again, I think we all know that we all work for money because we want freedom. But that's the thing is some people get so caught up in the work, they become a workhorse and it's permanent. And, and if they enjoy it, that's fine, right? Beautiful. But I'm one of those people that I want to amass as much wealth in such a short amount of time, which means I want to put in the energy and, and basically leverage my time as much as I can so that for the rest of it, I can enjoy it doing the things that human beings deserve to do, right? Realistically, I'm, I'm a very na natural and nature-based person, though most people don't do it because, again, social media business – it's not, that's not my niche of business, right? That's right. who I am. That's not who my business is, right? My business is trading. My business is helping you make money. My business is making you self-made, right? But what do you do with your time? Once you're self-made, it's your choice. Me, it's about living in Costa Rica, being on the beach, right? Building schools and small communities, doing things where individuals give a shit about you, not financial reports or investors, 
right? So for me in five years, my goal is hopefully to make enough money and of course help enough people make enough money by my, you know, as a, as a byproduct like I have been doing that I can live on the beach with the people that I want to do things if I want to, but not have, basically have what's, what's true freedom. And true freedom is knowing when to retire and knowing that you can still, still make money on the side you have enough there that you can enjoy yourself and do things and not worry because, you know, if you live in the past, you're in depression. Thinking about what was. We always talk about that. People on their deathbed, people's biggest thing they regret is what they don't do. And then anxiety is, is, is something that I have a big problem with too is living in the future, always worrying about what if, what if, right? You might make a million dollars this year. The, the, the smart person is going to, you know, invest a good amount of it but then spend the rest and enjoy his time. Right, the warrior is going to be like, "Oh my God, that's one million. I know I need two million to retire. Oh my God, right?" And freak out like like they're freaking robbed, right? And it's it's about learning to get that balance because five years from now, everyone's talking about their financial goals, which is good. But you know, are you going to be yourself five years from now, right? What are you gonna, if if money wasn't an object, which is what your goal should be from five years from now? What would you do, right? And that's the biggest thing is I always tell people, "What would you?" Have we ask ourselves what we should do if money was an object, but they don't actually put that into their life goal, right? Make your money work for you to a, to a degree where you can literally, like, let's say if you make a million dollars, you can put it away, and it makes you on average twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year. You can retire and live comfortably the life you want for that much for some people, right? You have to just decide on how to do it smart. Absolutely. And Daniel, just just as uh, I've got really one last unique question for you before uh, before we wrap this up, what what is one quick 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 piece of advice that you can give for any of our listeners out there? Quick piece of advice for anyone. Well, you know the most. I, I want to give a piece of advice that really helps everyone, right? And it's. It's going to be a little bit of like a two-sided, a very, a very hard one for people to swallow. All right, and this is going to be it. Only ad- trust the advice of the people that give it for free more than the people that charge for it. And I think that's a big one. The people that want you to succeed in life that aren't making you pay for it are the ones that have more your motive in mind. Everyone has an ulterior motive, right? But if people know that if they can help you, it'll be a byproduct to help them. You'll see a different type of. A reaction. If you build every relationship with knowing not that you're going to make money up front, which could happen, right, if you're providing a service or whatever, but even if I was selling a car, right, don't focus on, oh, I'm going to try to make the most of the sale. Focus on, if I create this relationship, how many people are they going to bring? How many cars does the average person buy in their lifetime, right? How much is that really going to make me if I do this smart move, right? And, and give, give free advice. If someone came to me and I was a car dealer, I wouldn't sell them on every warranty. And the biggest thing I would say, look, what do you want, right? And I would give them advice like, hey, you, you want a sound system? Don't get it through the dealer. Like go to one of the dudes that does it for 100 bucks in the shop a block away, right? Save yourself the time because they just mark it up, right? Be smart and helpful and then it will pay back tenfold, right? So that's kind of the thing I would tell people is use both, right? It's important to have paid advice because that's for expertise, Right, that's when you personally seek it out, but you know that they're only giving you advice for the money, right? That's what they're doing. But the people that do it free, they have like the more emotional side part. So have a good mixture of that, right? Balance yourself with both because the people that will pay will give you good financial advice and be more guidance, but you need to have that emotional ground because when people pay you with your emotions is when you lose most of your money. Almost every successful person I've ever seen that has lost fortunes, they lost it not on business decisions but emotional decisions. 
right? And it's because they got played emotionally by people. So that's why it's important to keep that good ground. But that's my biggest advice. That's fantastic advice. And in fact, just to piggyback off that, I've learned some of my best uh, information in as an entrepreneur from free free videos, free YouTube videos, uh, free content. So it's very important, guys, if you're if you're following, you know, if you're on some sort of journey trying to get to the top, definitely, definitely, definitely don't just uh, ignore free content because it's free. In fact, it's oftentimes some of the best content, some of the best tips and advice that you can get out there. Uh, Daniel, just to wrap this up, how can uh, our our listeners uh, connect uh, with you? What what have you got going on? Uh, how can they get a hold of you? Get connected with you? Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, honestly, it's ironic, but I'm one of those weird people. Like I said, I'm not too much marketing myself. I should probably hire a marketing firm, to be honest, because I suck at it. But really, Facebook. You know, I have officialselfmade.com if you need to find my Facebook and all my social tags. Um, I have an Instagram. I have Snapchat. But honestly, I'm really more active on Snapchat and Facebook. I'm very quiet because when people want to work with me, I like it when people reach out. Right? If you want to really talk to me, I'm not going to be one of those people that force content constantly looking for people to get eyes on me. I want people to search for me because then I know that they're worth working for. So go on my Facebook, add me, Daniel Jason Westby. It'll say official page because, again, I've had, I've had a childhood, so I have old Facebooks for that. Right, But for business, it's that one. Um, it's not a fan page. It's an actual page. Right, You'll see my, me post my statuses and comments. So you'll know it's me. Um, but that's the best place to reach out. And then, you know, from there, we'll be able to connect more. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, and guys, just to wrap this up, uh, this was the very first episode of the Friday Happy Hour uh, with our new format, which is half podcast, half video chat, depending on how you're tuning in. We will have the video chat as uh, as a blog post, and we will have a podcast section uh, from sevenfiguredad.com. We will also be getting this over to the podcast tab, maybe on iTunes. Uh, we'll see. But thank you so much to Daniel uh, for taking time out of his day to jump on here. The Friday happy hour. We, we, we thank you so much for, for you spending some of your time. And guys, get connected with this guy. If, if you've been interested in the markets, how to go out there and dominate, uh, You know, maybe, maybe even ne the network marketing industry. Dan I can I can think of no better person than Daniel Westby. He's absolutely crushing it. He's still young and uh, he's making it happen. So take care, guys. Have a wonderful weekend, uh, and we will talk to you soon.